Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I am your host, Ryan Gerard, and I am here with my co-host, Rick Greenwald. So uh, this week on the podcast, uh, we, we've been talking a bit about cyclocross already, so uh, we're, we're going to kind of dive into that since we've ha- we've gotten a little bit of experience now with dabbling in it. We haven't raced yet, but we've dabbled a little bit into it. Well, we have we have raced, but we just haven't raced this season yet. Yeah. You know, I, th- I feel like we're... Uh, we're infiltrating the cyclocross community and we're observing and we're finding out what all the hype is about. That's a good way to put it, observing. We're observing. We're, we're figuring out what we're missing. Yeah, what are we missing, Ryan? Well, we'll get into that we'll later. Into that. Yep, yeah, that's right. All right, Ryan. Well, what do we want to talk about first today? So uh, we're going to dive into... we've This week, we actually attended a uh, cyclocross practice um, for those people that live in the Madison area. Uh, Neff Cycle Service puts on a weekly practice in the Madison area. They they um, switch between parks, but every other week is at Badger Prairie. Yeah, and I, I think it's in conjunction with two other organizations. Yeah. Uh, like the Madison, Madison Off-Road. Corpse. Corpse. I think that's what they're called. Okay. They they, they tend to mount Like the Capital Off-Road... Pathfinders. I think that's what I it is. I believe that's what it is. And then what was it? L five, I think was the L5, other L five yeah. was the other organization. But I know this one that we attended was I think particularly hosted by Neff Cycle Service. I think they're all like that. Oh, Neff, all, Neff kinda okay. runs the practice, but they're kinda sponsored by all gotcha. of them. Also so, they're sponsored by the City of Madison, I believe. Nice. So shout out to the City of Madison. This week we went to one that was on the east side of Madison in one of the parks there. And if anyone's wondering too uh, about this, they get a really good turnout. I'd say there was probably yeah. thirty people at, at least, maybe a little right. bit more than that. Five thirty on a Wednesday after work in a random park and this was on the east side too which is definitely not the most popular spot i'd imagine that most people that are racing bikes or in a cyclocross probably live closer to the capital or on the west side so the fact that they had a good turnout in this location it's pretty cool and they have a beginner's course where they do uh, basic technical skills getting on your bike and off your bike uh, turning uh, going uh, you know, just off road. Yeah, how to handle a cyclocross yeah. bike, essentially, and, right? And the groups are about 50 50. Mm-hmm. About half the group um, goes with that, you know, beginner's course, and the other half just does kind of their own um, skills work. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. And when we got there, so we've ridden cycl- cyclocross bikes before, we raced before. So we just went with the uh, what's called like the intermediate and advanced practice. So it starts out, and Neff Cycle Service gets there earlier than everybody, and they set up a cool course. They use flags, so it's not like taped off, but it's pretty solid the way they set it up. And we just do a couple practice laps around the course, kind of getting a feel for the course and seeing how the terrain is. And then after that, we kind of roll into like some practice starts, which is very beneficial and something that you can't really fully practice without having people there, like, you know, like jumping off the line and clipping in and trying to beat somebody to the first turn you know you can always do it like by yourself but it's like a really great simulation to actually do it with like five other people at one time and they just kept doing that in waves over and over and over again so we did that for a while which i was getting pretty tired like right away just doing those really hard starts what i really liked about those starts well first off for me um it wasn't the kick i was actually really good at that that uh beginning kick Mm -hmm. just from you know the crit background but what i was struggling with and what i was practicing with was uh clipping in yeah because if 
if you can't clip in immediately, you're already a bike length behind. That first pedal stroke is so important. Like pushing off and then getting that nice snap into your pedals and then you can just rip it. But if you miss that, I mean, you're completely yeah. thrown off. And then also you would go about, I would say 50 meters into a hairpin off cam camber turn. Yep, so you got a nice practice in like like taking a corner really hot and something that's really technical too. Or like sprinting and then breaking at the last second because it's a sprint to that point. If you slow down, someone's gonna pass you on your inside or right. your outside. Yeah, yeah, so it was totally tactical. Basically how to like not only enter the corner, but enter it with people on your heels and try to square it off so that you're the first wheel around the corner. And that's pretty similar to how a cyclocross race is gonna start. Yeah, yeah, so we did that for you know, like a couple cycles and people kind of got, I'd say that was like the the real high-end warm-up too, mm -hmm. which was kind of nice. And then after that, we rolled into a 20-minute practice race. Which we thought there was only going to be one yeah. practice race. Oh, so we went ham. On we went first. real, like I dug really deep. I was, I was like, I wouldn't say like I, I like put myself in the complete box but i was i went really deep on that race because i was like oh this is my workout for the day so i better go really hard on this 20 minute effort um and we we kind of did like a traditional cyclocross grid star you know like in rows and waves so we you know did the full like clip in sprint to the first corner and then you just kind of cruising so it was pretty you know it was definitely a race simulation for sure yeah and we had a really good time. Well, I had a really good time. I think you had a good time. That too, was like my race. favorite part. Yeah, so that was super fun. Um, Isaac Neff, who owns and operates Neff Cycle Service, was there. And he started with us as well. We saw him probably for the first quarter lap, and then he was gone. That was my first, that was actually my goal. Like, you know, you, you went out, goal. you kind of went out with him. My first goal was like, this is practice. So I'm like, I'm going to blow up trying to stay with Isaac Neff as how, long as I could. How long could you stay with him for? Uh... It was until probably that that long stretch on the back end yeah, where I thought I was pushing it as hard as I could, and he just looked like he was just going tempo and, that was and just separated lap. me. Yeah. yeah. But I think up until there, I was at least within contact of him. Okay. Push, like pushing myself, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he was probably going 80, 90% where I was going 100%. Yeah, if that. He's really strong. I know he's one of the best cyclocross racers in the Wisconsin area, really in the Midwest region. He's been to nationals a couple years. Maybe he goes every year. I'm not sure. But I do know that he is a former single speed national champion. I didn't know that. Yes, I think in 20, I'm going to get this wrong, 2017, the year that it was really snowy, I believe he did the single speed race because he's over 30 so he can do a masters category as well oh. and he ended up winning the national championship masters no 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 no. he did a masters category race because he can qualify he qualified for that but he also did the single speed race the open single speed okay. open national championship okay so he has some stars and stripes to his name that's pretty cool it is pretty cool so yeah he's super fast so it's kind of nice to have somebody there that really knows what they're doing. So yeah. if you're kind of new to things and you need some advice, it's like, why don't you just ask one of the best cyclocross racers in Wisconsin? So there you go. So what did you take out of that practice? Yeah, so I I, I think I went out a little bit differently than, than you went out. I really wanted to work on my pacing. Um, the cyclocross course that they set up was very tight and very technical 
which actually worked out great for me because I was on a single speed bike and it was just against everybody. So not a whole lot of single speed bikes, mostly geared bikes. But the fact that it was so technical, I think worked in my favor because there were very few parts of the course where I was kind of out geared or over geared. It also wasn't super hilly, which kind of worked out. So I really wanted to work on going out, not going super hard, but kind of building into the effort, um, which sometimes, you know, it's debatable. Some people will say you really need to go hard at the beginning of a cyclocross race because you need to establish a good position and you don't want to get caught behind slower traffic. I totally get that. But I've gone out so hard in so many cyclocross races where by the second lap I'm dying and you're just kind of moving backwards the entire race and that's no fun. So I really kind of focused on just like evenly pacing the effort and kind of running like a negative split. So trying to get faster and faster every single lap. And there was kind of a group in front of me that was a nice rapid to chase. Um, so I could kind of like try to accelerate up to that group and I almost got a couple of them at the very end, but unfortunately I waited too long. When he says couple, I was one of those couple. Ryan was in that group. I almost <laughs> beat Ryan, but I didn't beat him. Yeah, my, my strategy was um, pretty much the exact opposite. Yeah. I was going with the Which, strategy of... That's what's great about a practice yeah. race. You should never... I mean, you should obviously go for a, at least a good workout, but you could try things that you like never tried before. I like, think... Do what you did. Go out super yeah. hard. I think both of our strategies worked out for us pretty mm -hmm. well. Um, my strategy was to go out as hard as I could in that first lap and try to stick with Isaac Neff for as long as possible mm -hmm. and then drop back a little bit actually and then like try to recover try yeah try to, to find that pace that I can do equal laps every single time and then one thing that I was really focusing on was trying to find those parts of the lap that made me feel really uncomfortable where I, I like mentally I wanted to dial it back mm -hmm. and then push in those parts to then like keep that consistent time and keep like where other people would slow down in those sections, I'm gonna try to push through those sections. Yeah. Because um, strategically, you're gonna gain all your time in sections that are really hard where you go really slow. Mm -hmm. So if you can gain one second on each of one of those little efforts yeah um I, I think that makes a huge difference yeah for sure the way the analogy that i like to think of a cyclocross race is that think about having like a full glass of water and that glass of water is your effort and you can either dump your effort out really quickly or you can choose to kind of like trickle it out throughout the race right so you're probably gonna do better if you can just trickle that effort out rather than dumping it and then you've got an empty glass, which is your exhaustion, essentially. So, you know, like at different parts of the course, you maybe wanna dip out some more water. Like there was a back section where it was just complete power. So I really focused on like putting a lot of effort, dip, you know, pouring out a lot of water on that part of the course. And then when it was technical, I tried to preserve my energy, not pedal as much, maintain my speed, so I didn't have to use so much effort. So essentially, at the last lap, I wanna have some water in that glass where I can just dump it out and really turn on like that like high intensity like effort, right? So yeah, I don't know, that's how, that's kinda of how I think of like racing a cyclocross race. I like how you brought up um, how you uh, tried to recover in the technical section then pushed it on that flat open section. Yeah. Where for me, it was actually very different. Um, I think how we differ too is that you you have the really high technical skills. For those who don't know, Rick comes from a motocross background, 
So he, you you got really good technical skills. Yeah, I come. I grew up racing motocross. So between the ages of like four and nineteen, and then even aside from that, you know, like freestyle skiing is also kind of in my back pocket. So I've always just been really good at technical things, and I think cyclocross is actually a lot more technical than mountain biking because you're taking a bike that's not optimized for the terrain and you're trying to ride it fast in highly technical sections. Because if you think about a cyclocross course, you know, a tight hairpin turn, a fast, you know, descent into like a, a chicane, these are all features that would more favor a mountain bike. Something that you can actually lean over and use the entire tire. But now you're on a cyclocross bike with a much skinnier tire and you really can't lean over a cyclocross bike. You can a little bit, but not much. So the, the, the technique and the strategy is completely different. Because Ryan, you've, your technical abilities on a mountain bike are probably a lot closer to mine because you've spent a lot more time on a mountain bike. But when we raced uh, two nights ago, I think I was able to keep up with you solely on my technical skills. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I was gonna say is my technical skills are nowhere near yours. So um, I, I push through the technical spots. Uh, I, I try to, I would say I try to do my best, but I know that I need to make up for it with uh, my fitness. And right now I'd say my fitness is really good. Mm-hmm. So I was more pushing through those technical spots and then finding a tempo in those open areas. But you know, my fitness is pretty good right now. So those open areas, I could find a really good tempo to just push that I knew was below my threshold or I shouldn't say below my threshold because I'm probably going over my FTP in that area, mm-hmm. but more so that I know that um, I can maintain that pace each and every lap because it's like, short. You can almost recover a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like sub threshold. Like you can just kind of like motor out, but you know that once you like a turn or like a, you know, like a kind of like a downhill, you're going to be able to like, you know, power back up. Yeah, and I think that's more what it was, is finding that tempo so that when I get back to that technical section, it's going to be where I'm um, really kicking out of the corners, uh, trying to maintain my pace as much as possible, because I know I'm going to lose some time in the in the corners and other technical areas. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say that that course was, like, especially technical. It was especially tight. Which I think is good. Oh, yeah. For a practice, I think... I, I was really happy with how they set the course up. You know, practice is more about getting on your cross bike, working on the skills, and replicating really hard efforts, like replicating that feeling where you're totally on the edge and you're trying to do something that requires a lot of skill and mental concentration. Which kind of brings us into our next part is we're actually going to go out on our own tomorrow and do something very similar. We are, yeah. Uh, we are going to do, I would say this like a two-part thing. Um, we're going to set up our own tech tech course where it's you're not going to have enough time to really use um, like the fitness aspect. So it's going to be all technical skills, like all quick, sharp corners. And yeah. then we're going to time each other. And then um, you're going to explain to me why I'm, why I'm going so much slower than you. I'll try to explain. It's hard to explain because I don't think I'm a good... I don't think why, I why don't you explain kind of if, if it's a tight hairpin corner what do you do what's going through your mind how are you distributing your body if it's a four foot wide course where are you going to be in that four foot area yeah and and you know it's it's kind of hard to explain like i was telling you earlier 
it's kind of just something like I know how to do, but I can't really uh, put like the right words behind doing it. But the one thing that I think of when you're riding a cyclocross bike is that the bike is not optimized to corner on the side of the tire. So what you should always try to be doing is squaring up a corner. So going from outside and then to inside and taking a line in which you can keep the bike upright. So if you ever watch people going down like a fast left or right hand corner, sometimes what you'll see is somebody takes a foot off of the bike and they put their foot out, kind of like they're preparing to dab on the ground while going around a corner. And you might think that they put their foot there just in case they need to, you know, like put a foot down and keep themselves upright. But that's actually not the reason why they do it. They put the foot over there because it allows them to shift their weight to the inside of the corner and keep their bike at a more upwards angled. So that's and that's kind of I think just kind of indicative of like how you handle a cyclocross bike around a cross course. You're never trying to like lean the bike over as far as you can. You're trying to almost square it up. So like when I this is just the way that I think of it. I don't know if it's the right way to think about it though. When I come to like a hairpin corner, I'm I'm kind of entering the corner, I'm braking, but I'm allowing myself to carry a little bit of speed into it. And if it's a corner that I can pedal through, I almost start to put some power through the pedals and unweight my front wheel and use my hips to kind of pivot around the front end. Because when you're on a cyclocross bike, if you're putting too much pressure on the front end, that's the first thing that washes out. So I'm almost trying to unweight that and more like steer with my hips as opposed to actually using my handlebars. So when you do that uh, pedal stroke, you're doing like a half pedal. Like if you're taking a left turn, your right foot's gonna go from top to bottom yeah like through like the entrance of the corner yeah yeah it's it's something hard to like to verbally describe but yeah so like i'm taking a left corner and i'm almost using my right foot to put a little pressure on the outside of that pedal push down and then kind of like swing my front end through the corner and then maybe if it's a neck if i'm like coming to the the opposite corner so it's like a le- left right i'm then using like my my left foot to kind of put some power through the left pedal and then swing a right okay that so, makes sense. Yeah, it's again. It's if we had a video, I think yeah. I could like better demonstrate it. Maybe we'll take some video tomorrow. Yeah, maybe put, post that on the Instagram. Yeah, with like an explanation or something. Yeah, I think that might be kind of helpful. It's definitely going to be better than me trying to explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I like right when we started racing yesterday. Somebody um, going into one of the the faster like technical sections, they washed out like their front wheel just kind of like dug in and you just saw them like, you know, just slide across the gravel. Um, And that really got me thinking, if you ever watch people crash in a cyclocross race going around corners and you think about how they crash, typically they crash by their front wheel washing Mm -hmm. out. And that's, I think, a good example of, you know, you don't want to put too much pressure on that front wheel because it just doesn't, it's not meant to track that well through a corner especially because during cyclocross races like when you race later in the day uh the course is pretty washed out by the time you race even if it's a dry day the the ground at least gets um torn up mm-hmm. so you're you're going on like softer dirt rather than like grass yeah exactly so yeah tomorrow we're gonna go to the 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 park and this is a great workout or like skills day 
for anybody, regardless of if you went to like a cyclocross practice. So what we did Wednesday was more of like a race simulation. So we got some really hard, high intense efforts in. And now we're more focused on doing some skill work. We'll probably work in some efforts, but we're more focused on speed rather than like, you know, doing like a, like a, a strict VO2 max workout mm-hmm. or something like that. The idea is to get race paced um, technical work. Yeah. And actually, I was listening to another podcast, Bella News. They talked to Katie, Katie Compton, and this was one of her favorite workouts where she, she had highly recommended going out and like doing these high, really hard efforts and trying to practice super technical aspects of cyclocross racing. Because I think anybody that's raced cyclocross before can attest that they've lined up with people that might have spanked them in the road season or the mountain bike season. And then for those people to just do horribly because they never ride their cyclocross bike, they just kind of show up to the race assuming that they're going to stomp on everybody because they have really good fitness. And that's usually not the case. Usually it's the people that spend time on the cyclocross bike, the people that are prepared for cyclocross season that tend to do the best at cyclocross races. Yeah, and that's what I'm hoping to get from it. I didn't want to be that guy who... The roadie doing cyclocross. That's right. Look at that roadie who can't handle his cyclocross bike over there. Everybody laugh and heckle him. So uh, besides doing the tech course, um, we are also going to go on to the uh, local mountain bike course, which is like two and a half miles, I think. Yeah. Uh, the way I've been riding it on my mountain bike or on my cyclocross bike is I take out um, probably a half mile of the course, maybe a little bit more. And it, it's just more suited for a cyclocross bike. There's just one section where it's just a bunch of rock gardens in a really tight area. So it, it, it kind of ruins the flow of being on a cyclocross bike. But if you take that out, it's it's a good amount of getting on your bike and off your bike, different types of corners. There's, hair, there's hairpins, there's fast yeah. ones, there's, um, there's 180 degree flat corners. You know, there, there's a lot of stuff that we can practice on it and it's going to be more like a like a full uh cyclocross course rather than just the technical section and yeah and and riding your bike riding your cyclocross bike on single track mountain bike trail is really not only beneficial training wise because you're practicing you know these trails that are at a higher speed they're on dirt they're technical but a lot of cyclocross courses utilize single track mountain bike trails yeah so you kind of have to get you kind of need to be used to like going into a race and being able to ride on single track mountain bike trails with your cyclocross bike because it's definitely something that you're going to see for example i know there's a race coming up um manitowoc which is a flyover silver creek flyover creek yeah really cool course really cool event highly recommend anybody to go to that race um but there there's a there's a decent amount of single track maybe it's not necessarily mountain bike single track like foot footpaths but you know there's some single track in that race and it gets really technical and like tight so that's where mountain bike trail riding can really come into play and when we talk about single track for cyclocross bikes you're riding the easy single track you know you're not going on your hard mountain, yeah mountain bike I've, I've gone on like course. a bl- like a blue loop on yeah, my cyclocross it, you do bike. super easy loops yeah. the blue loop was like the absolute limit and i regretted doing it afterwards just because it was so hard on my cyclocross bike like you're like slamming into rock gardens and i was like this is not helpful at all yeah you want to do yeah. something that's mostly flat 
Green um, loops. Green, green loops. loops. That's a good. Yeah, yeah green, green loops, loops would be great. Yeah, they're fast. They're flat. You can practice sweeping corners on your cyclocross bike. There's always a, like a little bit of like rocks or something, yeah. and that's a good spot to practice getting off your bike. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there's even like on yeah. the course that we'll go on. There's a few spots where you could definitely go over it on your cyclocross bike, but I think there's more value on getting off your cyclocross bike. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, a few like ro- rocky areas where it's there's just more value to get off your cyclocross bike, and then go over it, and then jump back on. You know, throw in some some dismounts and remounts. Yes, totally. Because yes. that's a huge part. You can lose a few seconds if you don't have that dialed in on every single lap. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ryan, I think I'm pretty excited for our cyclocross season this year and jumping into some cyclocross races. I think in the past, at least the past couple of years, what we intended to do is we finish out road season and crit season with some late season races. Maybe we chill a little bit, do some mountain bike racing, and then we just kind of like, you know, piddle around and do some, um, you know, let's just call it more like chill, enjoyable riding. But in the uh, Northern Hemisphere, it, we get winter, right? That would be Ryan's cat. <laughs> Hi, Arthur. He wants to be on the podcast. Um, you know, in the Northern Hemisphere, <clears throat> it's pretty much winter by November. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we don't really have the opportunity after cyclocross season or, you know, like the fall to really get out there and do like what people would consider, you know, long base miles. So I think there's a huge benefit to instead of taking your fall and just kind of doing, you know, some nice easy rides and not really training. I think there's a huge benefit to doing a season of cyclocross going into the winter and that's again that's kind of assuming that you're impartial to both you know you either want to race or you're okay with riding if you're kind of on the fence there i like to push people into yeah maybe you want to race you know it's really not only is it going to like be fun but it's going to help you i think next year i think there's something about cyclocross that is great for the development of road racers and even mountain bikers too yeah i think a great thing about it too is at least in wisconsin the uh, road season season kind of ends at the in July, which kind of seems early once you get there. There's a couple late season August races, yeah. but if you do want to do a full season of cyclocross, most people are just kind of saving their bullets for those races. Yeah, but it's a great timing wise. It it falls actually really well where you have like two or three months to um, cycle your fitness again. Get so some, you get you, some fitness built yeah, up. Yeah, you take like a week or so off and then start getting back into um, build up the intensity. So by the time you get into cyclocross season, you're back at doing high intensity rides. And mm-hmm. it's it's like you, you know, you, you kind of keep that fitness again from like crit racing. Yeah, yeah. And cyclocross races too are great training as well. They're really hard efforts. You know, you're, you're going, there's no drafting, so there's no way you're going to go easy. So, you know, for between 30 minutes to an hour, you're basically going as hard as you possibly can and trying to, uh, you know, like sustain a a pretty consistent pace over the course of your race. It's also a great time uh, during the year to, uh, so like my training right now is I try to do three three days on the bike um, and those three days are super high intensity. Okay. So it, it usually takes a day or two to recover from each workout but that also gives me the opportunity to throw in different type of work. So we've been doing a lot of rock climbing. Yeah, kind of like 
embracing the off season or the transition season and mixing in some other sports. Yeah, so I've been using that time to do, um, I'll throw in a little bit of leg work if it's a lighter week or um, or I'm not training as much because we have things like the psych cross practice, you know, and like races. So you, I, throw, I throw in other stuff and kind of dial back the overall uh, time on the bike, but still kind of keep that, that fitness, um, the overall TSS, we'll call it, the full body TSS is still up there. Like I'm still doing eight, nine, 10 hours a week. It's just not all on the bike. It's it's also elsewhere. Yeah, I'm a big fan of um, doing just like other things. I mean, I love, I love biking, I love bike racing, but I, I think there's some benefit that's hard to measure in just doing other stuff, like using your body in different ways. Rock climbing's great. When winter rolls around, I love skiing. I'm a big skier, downhill skiing, so not cross country, but you know, we even do some cross country skiing too. You know, it kind of like to your point, it really builds like, yeah, that like total body fitness. And you don't, you think, I think people get really looped into you know training peaks and Strava, and they think, you know, oh, I, I'm not driving my TSS up, I'm not getting fitter, but it's kind of like a, yeah, it's just like a, it's like a total fitness. Yeah, if, if you look at the world tour level, um, you know, Matthew Vanderpers, uh, now grand tour riders, it's like there's there's a common trend between the two of being high-level cyclocross racers. And then outside of that, there's Philippe Gilbert, who was world champion, I believe. Um, I Maybe think you're thinking of Zednik Stebar. Zednik Stebar, yep. he was a world champion. Um, Peter Sagan was, uh, took second in junior world championships, I believe. Mikhail Kiyakowski was a world champion. Um, uh, Philippe was a Al was Philippe. a really good rider. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it definitely does like, something for all the top for, level riders. We're all yeah. cyclocross racers. I'm not going to say that's why they're a top level rider, but I would say that I don't. I think it definitely helps their development. You know, you're you're working on these like high power, you know, low torque efforts, and I think that really. I think it's something that you kind of get that kind of gets lost when you're road racing because you're just doing these like high cadence sustained efforts especially if you're on the trainer that like come race day i think sometimes you're lacking a little bit of that like snap and that pop and it's kind of nice to take a season where all you're doing is these snappy poppy super high intense races yeah and just overall just seeing how how much you can dig in like how, how far can you go to like right. push yourself well matthew vanderpool is a great example you know he's he's doing all three road racing mountain biking and you know cyclocross as well um interestingly enough he's actually he skipped to d- doing the mountain bike world championships and is doing the world the road world championships which i thought he would have i thought it would have been the other way around i thought he was actually going to go for all three I, and i think he could have i yeah. think i don't think he, i think he could have done or i should say i think he could have focused on the road and still one mountain bike and cyclocross. Yeah, it's hard we'll to say. We'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. Because I believe he won the last two World Cup races. Yeah, yeah. He won a couple World Cups this season. Yeah. so I Very th- strong. I think his mountain bike skills are there, but... I guess... Who I, knows? Everybody has their limit, you know. Everybody gets burnt out at some point. They got to take a break. All right. Uh, I think that's that does it for us today. Is there anything else you wanted to mention? No, I think we're ready to wrap it up. The only thing that I want to let our listeners know is that we would love they went over and subscribe to us, download the episodes. If you leave us a review, we would especially like that. You know, let us know if you like the podcast, what you like about it. Um, you know, you can always hit us up on the social medias. We've got Twitter, Facebook, 
Instagram, you know, tweet at us at Bike Race Weekly. We're happy to answer questions, even provide some questions for the podcast. I'm sure there are plenty of like hardcore cyclocross racers who are just like screaming in their cars or at work, just going, Oh my gosh, you you forgot this. You got everything wrong. Tell us. And you know, you're probably right. You're probably yeah. right. We're like we said, we're uh we're, we're, observing. we're observers. Yeah. yeah, we're observers. We're seeing what this whole scene is about and we're we're kind of learning along the way. So if anybody has the enlightenment, you know, let us let us hear it. Maybe we'll have you on. Maybe we'll have you on the podcast. Y- you never know. You never know. All right, Ryan. Well, I think that's everything this week. Is there anything else that you wanted to say before we wrap it up? I think that's about it. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, We will be back next week. All right. Bye, everybody.